Hello and welcome to Ismain is a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with Cow Bob Ranch Pants. Josh Hemo. That's my favorite one so far, I think. Oh. That's, that's why good. I want to be I mean, we're only two <laughs> two seasons um, in. Do you think we're like Oh, okay. We're we're the your favorite of the whole season. Yeah, of everything. Of, <laughs> I thought this season. Of the entirety of the podcast. I was like podcast. this season. No, that's what I, I like, want this my This season's only two. <laughs> that's what I want my gravestone. Cow Bob, Bob Ranch Pond. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this week we're watching season three, episode two, Club SpongeBob and My Pretty Seahorse. So, yeah. So, uh, one small thing about this episode, Josh, before we hop into it, mm-hmm. I'm getting really weird universe vibes from it because I was traveling recently and I was in New Orleans and we randomly put on SpongeBob in the hotel. And it was like, you know, SpongeBob's birthday celebration weekend on Nickelodeon this past week. And uh, we were watching and stuff. And this episode came on. And out of all the episodes that we were just like kind of scrolling through, it was the the only episode that we just like sat there. We watched the whole thing. And then it happened to be this week's episode that we were talking about. Wow. It's like meant to be. Oh my gosh. It was was really weird. So I just wanted to mention that before we go into this episode. Hopefully it means there's like some good vibes out there. There's some like good karma or some <laughs> Yeah, hopefully that or I don't know, some weird astrological stuff I can't I mean, explain. Yeah. I mean you were kicked out of New Orleans by a hurricane, so maybe it wasn't the best of luck. <laughs> and another weird thing, because New Orleans had a hurricane, my family drove up to Dallas with Fatima and she insisted that we stop by Bucky's, which we hadn't I had never been to, which Bucky's is a like gas station convenience store that's only like in Texas, and it was amazing. And then Josh is also currently on his way back to New York, but um, driving. driving yeah. And they happened to stop at the exact same Bucky's that we were at. So I just think zero percent planned. Zero percent planning. All I said told Josh is like, "Oh, you got to go to a Bucky's because we never you've never been to one." And he just happened to go to the exact same one. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weird stuff. So uh, let me go ahead and jump <laughs> into this act club. SpongeBob. So basically in this act, Squidward gets made fun of on his way to work by SpongeBob and Patrick for not being able to fit in their club. They're in this clubhouse that's on a really tall looking beanstalk situation. I don't know how I got up there. But anyways, Squidward gets a little frustrated with this whole situation and decides, I'm going to force my way into this clubhouse. And then he realizes when they said that he can't fit into this clubhouse, he literally cannot fit into this tiny clubhouse. So he tries to get out and in his kind of situation where he's trying to pull himself out he ends up slingshotting the entire clubhouse and the rest of our group into the wilderness where some shenanigans happen obviously they get lost in these woods and well not lost they're stranded i would say but the thing that this act is kind of known for is the magic conch magic conch (laughs) to start things off uh I want to ask a very important question. Mm-hmm. Do you think the magic conch has sentience? D- is it a hive mind? You know, what the magic conch really brought up for me is the question on whether or not you believe in stuff like that. Because there's like people who believe in magic eight balls, but there's also people who believe in like tarot card readings and stuff like that. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's very similar. Like people look for, for answers in weird, ordinary objects. 
Yeah. Um, but in this, I definitely feel like maybe the magic conch does have a little bit more of a supernatural vibe to it. And do you think it's magic, or do you think it's some kind of AI that speaks to each other? <laughs> oh, maybe I like the AI idea. I like that idea much better. Because the thing that strikes me the most, because at first I was like, oh, okay, this is just random. But there's a lot of things that happen with the conch that just makes me question that it that it is just like a random, like a, an eight ball, I, you can argue is random. You just shake it. It's not really specific to the situation. Sometimes you get like, ask me later, even though like the question you ask it isn't yes or no, like stuff like that. But the magic conch like has says multiple things. It says maybe someday, nothing, neither. I don't think so. Yes, no. And then it even has like a sarcastic no. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah try asking again yeah but then the other thing that strikes me is when the ranger comes by he's all like my conch told me to come and rescue you guys so in theory that conch also probably has like a go help someone or like even if it's not a simple thing it could literally be like go to the forest find these people so do you, but do you think that it's a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing like do you think maybe it's like part of a giant cult like trying to gather all the followers and stuff together I don't know because the conch just—I don't know. Like you, it's the hard. Conch takes care takes care of them, but it also doesn't. I mean, you just described a cult, basically. That's the thing. Like cults, like you're supposed to be protected. You like have this house and all this stuff, right? But then it's not good for you. But the cult, like I would argue that a cult doesn't let you have outside friends. I guess not. Well, they, it doesn't it seem kind like of excluded, the conch does excluded, ex- kind of excluded Squidward a bit. Oh yeah, he, he was a believer. Yeah, because he was a non-believer. Maybe there is a... Maybe oh, it is a cult. Conspiracy. The magic yeah. conch is a cult. It's just no. a leg of the Illuminati <laughs> in Bikini Bottom. The whole situation where it drops like all the food Yeah. Uh, from Picnic Supply Inc., which is a very specific place, which right. I like. But I don't know. It's just, do you think that... See, this is why another reason I think it's an AI. Do you think the plane was going down because... Because the conch... The conch makes it want to go down and they're like oh we have to drop the load which adult joke by the way yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like mm, drop the load hey huh? <laughs> yeah i guess so that's a really good way to think about it i didn't really think about it with the ai situation i wonder if it's like it predicting what siri or um alexa will eventually be how they all talk to each other and they team up into team some up sky and net join situation. us to a cult. yeah a giant cult um <laughs> Also, other questions I had were, do you think the other 20 exclusive clubs that Squidward I was going to ask you of? that, too. <laughs> I think a lot of art clubs, I think it's like, like a lot of pretentious things that he uh, likes to brag about. So like mm-hmm. art and cooking. Interpretive dance. Interpretive dance, bike clubs. So probably a lot of the stuff that we saw when he was um, in that Squidville place. I don't remember what it's called now. Canned bread enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. I guess, do you think he's the only member of those clubs? Because what other people in Bikini Bottom do you think? (laughs) Um, You know, you say that, it's really sad, but it's kind of really convincing that he would be, right? He's a member of the own club that he would put on. I just don't see anyone in Bikini Bottom having the same taste as Squidward. Well, do you think that maybe he goes back to that Squidville place um to join to be part of those clubs i would hope so yeah maybe he goes back to visit maybe those are clubs but he did say specifically i'm did he say it was part of bikini bottom right I, or like the seafloor on the seafloor or something like yeah, that. yeah yeah so maybe 
Maybe he goes back. I would like to think that better more than he is alone in his house talking to himself. Oh, I would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Squidward, like, we gave him a lot of but he gets the end of a lot even, of He even references that. There's, sticks. like, breaks the fourth wall a little bit in this episode when he's like, why is it every 11 minutes I get tortured by you guys? And it's like, that's the average length of an episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> Do you think those 11 minutes that we're watching are the only reason he has sadness? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a little deep but i, I do let's you think it's down, only let's break down squidward's depression real quick is it like an observer effect that since we're watching that's what's causing him to have a horrible life i was thinking about that maybe it's like a weird purgatory situation <laughs> or, or like a shortinger's cat because we're looking at him he's getting all this horrible horrible things happening to him yeah 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 <laughs> a lot of weird things happen in this episode like well first um, of all i want to bring up yeah. like, you kind of brought it up when you uh were summarizing the episode but how did that treehouse even get up there i don't understand like how because i i can't imagine that they built it well this could be a reference to the second act because in the second act they're like oh we have patrick building a stable so i'm oh. thinking maybe like maybe the kelp or whatever beanstalk you want to call it grew patrick built the the house and they got stuck in it because I bet you he built the house like where he builds around himself. He didn't, yeah. <laughs> he didn't build it and then go in and then they got stuck. That's fair. That's that's like my logical explanation. I like to think that it just magically sprouted up like a beanstalk. Oh yeah, maybe it was just like a wish they made or something. <laughs> yeah, or like how you know SpongeBob's house grew like and it just oh, that's itself right. out. It's like yeah. a full house. Like kind of like that. Well, maybe it's just like leftover from pineapple. Maybe it's like a like weird pineapple seed that came off of SpongeBob's house. <laughs> a sprout. Like a sprout. A, yeah. A separate sprout. Yeah. Um. But uh, another weird thing is like those that couple that's just like make a wish, honey. That randomly out in the kelp forest somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They didn't look like hikers. No. Do you think they were on like their way to the magic conch? Yeah. Maybe there are more people drawn in by this uh, magic conch cult. Hmm telling you i'm worried about the <laughs> magic conch now i always used to think of it as like some novelty item but now i think of it as like some superhuman ai that's like slowly well hear me out making hear me, all out. Bikini hear me out do you think that maybe that karen has something to do with this like i think the only other ai that we know of in bikini bottom is karen so it'd be mm. i would like to think that maybe she is the evil mastermind behind all of this and is gathering people her own little army despite a plankton i like that yeah i like that because then it makes me it grounds it in a in an evil i know yeah exactly <laughs> the evil i know oh <laughs> yeah because like i don't i don't like the idea of an outside entity of bikini bottom controlling everyone no through this magic conch no but like another thing is like the magic conch call is very similar to the victory screech so it makes me wonder is that just the thing no, nah, maybe it's or part of their brainwashing. Like, yeah, indoctrination. Oh my gosh, this is too. We're gonna get some. We're much. gonna get to get some push pins and some red string and start building some conspiracy theory walls. <laughs> Cops are gonna come knocking on our door. <laughs> the Illuminati is gonna text us like, "Stay where you are." <laughs> SWAT team. <laughs> Speaking of like Patrick's uh, building skills that we were talking about earlier, he builds three coffins in a matter of like what two minutes. It's pretty <laughs> three- impressive. More like three frames. Three frames, like, We're yeah. going to die out here. And then, <laughs> boom. Three coffins. 
I don't know. Like he, he surprises me with that. But then in the next, in the next act, it's like, looks like he's having a bit of a hard time. Just a little bit more than a bit of a hard time. <laughs> he's real struggling. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll cross we'll that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. But no, I was, I was surprised at how quickly he, he whipped up those coffins. Yeah. But Plen- I also Plenty was, ahead. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, that's one of the lessons I wrote is always prepare for a survival situation, especially since I was in New Orleans. Yeah. It was a tropical storm, then it was a hurricane, and then it was back to a tropical storm, which I don't really know the classifications between them. But I, during that whole time, I was like, wow, being a tourist here is not very fun because I either stay in this hotel and we're screwed and we have no car or any way, like, most, like, city centers don't really have like a Walmart or something you can doomsday prep at. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. But this episode, I was like having flashbacks. I was like, Oh no, like <laughs> I need to figure this out. I also like recently saw a video on YouTube that was all about like situational awareness. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, you need to like every day since you walk to work, probably the same path. You need to know everything that looks normal. So whenever there's like a emergency situation, you can easily, you just act. You don't really have to think about it. That's something I did get from like this episode was a small lesson. Yeah. I feel like you subconsciously do that, you know, because have you ever been walking like the same path? Like sometimes it happens to me, I guess now that I've been in New York for about a year now, like the same path I walk to walk home. Sometimes I'll notice something out of the ordinary that just like at the corner of my eyes, like, oh, that's weird. Like, where did this Mm -hmm. suddenly come on? I think subconsciously you kind of do that. But I, yeah. I guess that makes sense to be more aware and be making those mental notes, not subconsciously, but being like, all right, this is what this looks like. Yeah, it's kind of weird like when things break the pattern where you're like, hey, that's that person's usually not around here. There's or... a glitch in the matrix all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like I was watching that video. It's crazy how like how much he was like, oh, yeah, like you got to know all the exits. You have to figure out how many people are here and how many, what, who... What kind of body language are they showing and stuff like that? And I mean, this is like a less public version of it in this episode, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely like one of those things like, well, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, like there's some people who like when they fly plane, like when they fly on planes, they dress in clothes that are tactically advantageous. Do you ever do that though? Like when you're traveling, like I've done it flying on planes or like, even like a road trip and stuff. Like if I'm stuck in the wilderness, like I got to be thinking like I'm sitting on this plane, like, all right, if I survive this, like I would be thinking about exactly what I have in my backpack, be ready to go. Like, I think lost got too much into my head about exactly (laughs) how to prepare. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean that it, I'm telling you, there's people who travel that way. They have like, they have basically a go bag instead of like a travel. I think I'd be too anxious. You know, that would make me way too anxious. I'm already anxious when I travel as it is. Yeah. I have such bad luck, like, to be preparing for him. I'm, I'm just asking it for it at this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just, it feel, like, how much can you really prepare? Right. Like, like for a plane you can have crash. a go, like, you can have a go bag, but if your plane goes down, you're, like, one, if you survive the plane crash, it's not like your bag's probably going to survive either. No. I don't know. I'm not a survival expert. I'm sure it's better to have it than not have it. But it just seems like a hassle to travel with all this extra stuff for like a once in a million chance. And then also it's like once in a million that it would happen. And also like once in a million that you would survive, survive. Yeah, in that yeah. scenario where it does happen. And that's going to be um, my luck. That's how I want to go. <laughs> I, I hope I call not. it now. <laughs> Please don't. 
another tragic thing that I've noticed in this episode is they're stuck in that treehouse for three days. Three days. Like how? They, how? they didn't even use the restroom, which no. I thought was weird. There was no poop corner. No. What do they do to eat, though? I think like you need to eat. I think three days is the maximum limit of how long you can last without eating or drinking well, yeah. water. Yeah. I think you have to drink. I thought water was less. I think it's like three hours without water. No, nah, like I think that. you can go. Maybe it's three days without water and seven days without food. But something that like sounds, that. That sounds either, right. Either way, I guess they don't have to worry about water. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Like they didn't have a they didn't have a pee corner. I'm just surprised they stayed uh mentally sane. But I guess I mean, that's the power of the magic conch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like when the the guy rescues them, the park ranger. Yeah. That they're all like disgusting. Yeah, that and, there's a couple disgusting things. Like <laughs> when they show um Squidward when he comes to look over at the food when it falls out of the sky, he's like pretty nasty. The most yeah. rancid I've ever seen him. Although Squidward did a pretty good job survival wise. He had like a little lean to. He had like a frying pan, which I don't yeah. know what he got. No, he, he built was, a fire. He had, yeah, like a little fence. He's he's doing good. Like good for him. He was like at least day one Minecraft, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got that dirt he had, hut. He had the dirt hut and poo poo hut. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. But yeah, I don't know. I thought he was doing pretty well and then even that bug beat him up though. Yeah. Unfortunately. How'd that buck survive in that pan? I don't know. Roaches can survive almost anything. You I guess know? it could have been a roach, yeah. <laughs> it's like a nuclear, like, like, what is it? Nuclear winter, winter. they can survive. Yeah. I don't believe that shit. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when your skull sees it, your empty skull. So one thing I do want to bring up is when Squidward, like, is shaking his butt. Oh, yeah. In front yeah. of one that's just, like, a funny frame. There's a lot of great frames in this one. Just this is a like good episode, yeah. Him pulling the string for the conch, like his eyes are like just so dead. And then like Squidward shaking his butt. Their whole like doing nothing faces are great. But Squidward, one of the small lessons I, I again, time and time again, quit while you're ahead, Squidward. Yeah. Quit while you're ahead. Don't quote. <laughs> I think just that whole situation, he could have just, you know, shut up and ate his little bug. Yeah. And then also possibly had a sandwich later. Yeah. So the main little lessons I got from this um, was like, don't bash other people's beliefs. And I think it goes back to what I was talking about. Like when talking about like the tarot cards or magic eight ball or whatever, someone believes in that, like it could be silly to you, but for them, it could be something like very serious. And for some people it is very serious. Like for SpongeBob and Patrick, like this conch shell and for the ranger dude, like Mm -hmm. it was really important for them. So like for Squidward to be there bashing it, like it came back to bite him in the butt again over the all the karma that squidward gets so don't be a yeah. squidward don't be a squidward man <laughs> and like in the end he ended up uh joining up know, joining up the cult <laughs> yeah the magic i guess too powerful. i guess that's a lesson join a cult join join a cult or if oh. you're gonna pretend to be part of a cult you need to fake it so that way the cult leader will feed you food there's a pretty good cult um is main a is a podcast uh, so oh. go ahead and follow that. You can follow them on on, on where can you follow them at? <laughs> uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, iTunes, hashtag, any other place that podcast. Hashtag shameless called. plug. <laughs> Full of shame. Shame plug. Full of shame. Bubble break number two of season three. Woo. Yeah. Uh, so I had this idea last season. I figured that we it's a perfect time to bring it up now. 
Um, I kind of want to hear your idea about what the perfect go bag looks like for you and kind of like your survival skills. Like, what do you think you would be good at post-apocalyptic kind of situation or survival situation? Well, I haven't done all my research as far as like a perfect go bag for me, but like just off the top of my head, just based on like random stuff that I've seen, every single go go bag I have will definitely have to have a multi-tool. Mm-hmm. People who know me well, I always carry a multi-tool with me, like even if I'm not working, and it's one of the most useful things I've ever had or owned. Um, recently, uh, paracord, I think, would be another thing that's in there. And then one of those straw things that you can like just drink any like water that like purifies the water. Oh, purifier? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like not like the tabs. Although I did do a project back when I was in like middle school that like if you drop a couple drops of like bleach in water it actually does quite a lot. Okay. Yeah, and most I think most bleach bottles actually have like a purifying section. But it's like a a capful for like a gallon or like 10 gallons or something like that. It's gotcha. Okay. But what about you? What would you have in your go bag? Um definitely bottled water is like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um some source of fire however like oh, yeah. where you Fire's Good like major. Flint and steel. Flint and steel. Back, box of matches. Waterproof. Waterproof matches. You oh have to yeah. Make sure you specify that. <laughs> I do like the ta- like uh, the purifying stuff idea. That's really good. And maybe just a couple cans of like um, tuna. <laughs> yeah, some sort of uh, a non-perishable food, right? I mean, eventually, I think you're gonna have to learn how to forge or find that kind of food for yourself. But I mean, having a small supply of it, I think, is a good idea. And like, yeah, multiple is good. Rope is always a good idea. And I saw recently a YouTuber that I watch. Um, they just experienced the earthquakes that were happening in LA, so they yeah. started building his go bag, and he put a uh, extra pair of shoes in there. I thought it was really smart too. I was like, yeah, yeah, I didn't really think about that, but there's a good chance that I probably will need new shoes at some point in time in this post-apocalyptic situation. So, and we talked about it in like act one but what i think is very interesting is just people that their everyday bag has like an extra pair of clothing yeah like and i just find that i don't know like part of it is like yeah be ready for everything but um some people are so like ahead of it where they just like they go out and they have like stashes buried like in different states like there's a guy that's like here in new york that has like stashes in like jersey and upstate new york so that way if he like he bolts in a car or whatever. He just takes the car and drives away that he can like stop by this little stash and pick up like a go bag. makes you wonder what happened to those people's lives that they have to feel that, I guess, need to prepare that much. I mean, it's not yeah. a bad thing, but it's still kind of scary. Like something must have happened. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I can't imagine living with that much like anxiety about that situation. Right. Like, I already get anxious about the situation, but usually like most people I'll get really anxious. I'll think about it a lot and then eventually it'll just pass. And then I'm like, cool, that will never happen to me. <laughs> and then you're just part of whatever statistic of people who, who die in who that die situation. The first hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a post-apocalyptic situation, like what would be your strengths? Do you think like out of like, oh. you see the movies, like the zombie movies and all those other stuff. Like what would be your strengths? Do you think, so definitely for like a, it depends on for me, the situation that's going on. Like if it was a zombie situation, 
I don't even know what I would be especially good at, but I'm definitely a common sense person where I'm like, if we keep the doors closed, the zombies can't get us. Mm-hmm. Unless they're like the crazy fast zombies. <laughs> but like in an actual, I think, natural disaster situation, I think my benefits are if you want to, if this was my audition tape for the survival group is I have a very positive attitude. I know a lot of random things and I can go a lot of time without eating. And I'm naturally like, I'm at like adequate strength level, like strong enough to like lift something kind of heavy, but not like scary strong that you have to worry about me like murdering you in your sleep i cannot lift that boulder to drop it on top of your head yeah exactly (laughs) but i might come up with a very elaborate plan to overthrow you in the group good 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 (laughs) but yeah but like again pros and cons but i don't know i like i know a lot of random crap like I don't know. I re- literally, again, watched a whole YouTube video on situational awareness. Right. right. And I, mem- I memorized quite a bit of it. Like, lots of random stuff like that. Um, I also think I wa- like, you're pretty good at cooking or, like, thinking on your feet when it comes to cooking. So, I think that's that's a pretty good strength to have, too. Yeah. I mean, if we had someone... I think one of the skills that a lot of Doomsday people need or just, like, people, people in general is, like, foraging skills. Yeah. Like, I could not tell you what bushes are edible. I'd be like the idiots eating grass <laughs> and throwing up like a dog <laughs> in the street. <laughs> Maybe I'll just eat the rats. I do live in New York, so. Yeah, there like you go. Get that them. get that disease. <laughs> get that bubonic plague going yeah. on. I think that I'm a pretty good listener, so I think that's pretty good, like, important in a group to keep people calm is, like, have someone that's, like, able to, like, listen to issues mm-hmm. and stuff, especially, like, post-apocalypse. People are, like, gonna have issues and problems, like, Having someone that they can like rely on to talk to or like have that like level headedness, I think is important. But I also get secrets that way. So like that's that's important. But I also think that I'm pretty good <laughs> about like <laughs> creative thinking. So if I need to like figure out a problem like MacGyver or something, like I think I could pretty much I could pretty easily figure something out if I need to, if I thought about it long enough. Yeah, I think that's one benefit of having people in the theater and film biz is like there's some people that a lot of us are like You gotta think on your feet. Yeah, you think on your feet, like a lot of crisis situations are usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but no, I think a lot of people really underestimate a good attitude. Yeah. Like, I cannot imagine, like, if I was, I if Fatima and I were stuck in a survival situation, <laughs> I don't know, I would, she, she would go insane. We'd probably end up murdering each other. Well. <laughs> and I wonder who would win that we'll come one. up on top. Send us your responses. To me. <laughs> yeah, please vote. Um, and then we'll see who gets voted off the yeah. island. No, it's one of those things like I definitely think that in the next you know month or so, I'm probably going to build like a smallish go bag. But I don't know. It's weird because like I also think that if you really care about your survival yeah. in terms of, you know, how you're going to be and how can you be safe, you would pick a better place to start from yeah because i can't like i can't think being like a doomsday prepper or any type of person here on in manhattan it's like that seems really dumb to me i was yeah yeah. i think new york is like one of the worst places to possibly be any kind of natural big disaster there's just too many people too many variables no way we just had a blackout recently and like we had civilians (laughs) yeah but we had civilians like directing traffic like there's just too many people and like I don't know. I feel like if I was going to doomsday prep, I'd be out in the middle of like, like 
kind of nowhere, but I would be fostering the skills like growing my own food and yeah. things like that. Like I'd be at some like like kind of like signs, be out like in some cornfield or something. <laughs> some like, quiet place stuff. Yeah, cuz then you, exactly. Yeah. Cuz then like then your biggest trouble becomes like technology or your adversary or what what the problem is that you're dealing with, right? Yeah. You got to think but about But like that. everything else is a natural resource. You have your like your water, you have your food to grow stuff, you have a house, you have like can build a whole situation near everything. But again, just the fact that you're I don't know. You're you're isolated from like other people, which again, it could be bad in a situation where you need other people's help, but yeah. if you're in a post-apocalyptic situation, you can't really trust a lot of people. No, definitely not. You got to be you got to be able to read people pretty well, which I think is a pretty good strength too to have. I'm pretty yeah. good at that. You got to know when and to dealing be- with loneliness. That was also important. I think that's a lot of things that you see when movies like post-apocalyptically when they're like dealing with loneliness, that's like the worst thing. Yeah. They go through. That's why you just got to listen to this podcast because yeah. right now you're in the post apocalyptic <laughs> situation, but you can just hear our voices over and over again. And listen to all the Minecraft advice we give because that's, that's the most survival training that you're going to get. Act two My Pretty Seahorse. We are joining Bikini Panaman in this beautiful spring day and seeing how all the different creatures of Bikini Panaman prepare for spring. And SpongeBob decides it's a good idea to plant flowers, and uh, turns out Squidward, uh, the flowers don't like Squidward very much, so he tries to plant the hypoallergenic flower for Squidward, but it keeps getting eaten, and it turns out it is a beautiful seahorse that is eating it. And so SpongeBob spends the rest of the episode trying to befriend and deal with his daily life and going to work with his new seahorse friend, Mystery. Um, so to start off, Omar, I have a question for you. Yes. What do you hate most about spring? <laughs> <laughs> what do I hate most about spring? Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, spring is one of my favorite seasons. It used to and be I, mine. It, it used to. Oh, <laughs> oh, why is that? Now I want to get into your <laughs> so we your touch reasons. On it. Um, so this last spring in New York was probably the worst spring I've ever experienced, mostly because of allergies. Like. I had no idea how bad allergies can possibly be for a human being until I moved. <laughs> and it's awful. And that's why like the flowers growling at Squidward reminded me of that. I definitely agree there. Like living in Arizona, spring isn't really a thing. Yeah. And any places that don't really experience seasons and actually having spring and actually feeling what allergies feel like, I was like, wow, this is how other people feel like all the time. And this is driving me insane. But uh, as far as, like, an actual season, I prefer it. Like, I don't really enjoy the cold as much. So, like, fall is pretty, but then it's, like, mm, it's going to get cold at the end of it. Whereas, like, spring is, like, oh, it's warming up. Like, we're going to get, we will only get warmer. Yeah. We won't get colder, at least if spring's operating the way it should be. Spring is honestly, like, yeah, the best season that possibly exists, apart from allergies. (laughs) My birthday is in spring, so it's, like, a double whammy for me. Wow. So got that march birthday <laughs> got to take advantage of that season wah, 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 wah. yeah <laughs> but uh i do i do think moving since moving to the east coast i got put on by allergies which i've never had experienced before really mm-hmm. at least like once in a blue moon like i would uh, have Get an allergic reaction or something. to something yeah. ra- random but now i'm like oh my throat's 
real scratchy. Scratchy. And my nose is leaking like crazy. My eyes. Why? <laughs> like, why? Like, why does it feel like I'm getting a cold, but I'm not really getting a cold? And like, I take allergy medicine for like a week, and I'm like, oh. It was allergies this whole time. Which is kind of the lesson that like the whole beginning of this episode brought up for me in talking about allergies, like being prepared for how to deal with springtime specifically, like any season, but springtime specifically is like, make sure you have your allergy medication ready because that's something I didn't know I needed until it was too late. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the worst part about allergy medicine is that it only, it doesn't work very instantly. It only works like if it's been in your bloodstream for For a a long time. Yeah, yeah. Although Benadryl... You know, I've had my experiences with Benadryl. I've had up to like five Benadryl within not the recommended time. Pop those bennies. And those <laughs> those work a lot faster than normal. But let me tell you, they it comes at a cost. Not for everyone. Not for Definitely everyone. Not, not for, for everyone. me. Not for me, though, apparently. Uh, there was no cost. Guess you're a superhero of some sorts. I'm just magic. Wow. <laughs> you know Speaking else of was magic. magic. Oh, we're both going to use the same segue. <laughs> you go you ahead. Go, yeah. You go for no, it. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about the magic that is the name Debbie. <laughs> Why do you think, like, you can argue that Grace is also a name that he was thinking about, yeah. but. Why the Debbie? only real, the only true name there that's like a stereotypical name is Debbie. And I wonder why Debbie in SpongeBob's mind is the most beautiful, majestic, graceful name. Maybe he met a very nice Debbie once and mystery reminded him of her or something like that. Or maybe it's just, you know, he really likes little Debbie's, you know, those little, oatmeal little pies. Debbie snack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just likes little Debbie snack cakes. Because mm-hmm. who doesn't? Although, that's true. And do you and another thing that he brings up about Debbie is when Mr. Krabs like decides to kick uh Majesty oh no mystery sorry <laughs> I was looking at the word majesty kicks mystery out like from in front of the crusty crab uh SpongeBob goes man I should have gone with Debbie and do, does he think that Mr. Krabs would have been like no Debbie can stay I think he how oh, maybe maybe he's like okay that's a good name and he wanted him to stay or i think it was more of like spongebob didn't appreciate the dig when uh mr Krabs is like you're a mystery yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i think i think secretly in spongebob's mind he was like hmm if i went with debbie not only would that wordplay have not worked but also mr Krabs would have kept him <laughs> <laughs> also a really big assumption of spongebob to figure out this seahorse is gender. I don't know yeah. how to gender a seahorse, but I don't understand how SpongeBob so quickly knew it was a female seahorse. He lives in under the sea, so maybe they know. Maybe they know. This is another. You know, you know, how most cartoons like when there's like a female something, they just put like eyelashes on it. They make it and pink. Suddenly, and well, they make it pink, but they put like eyelashes on it, yeah. and it's like boom, that's a woman. You could get any like. Wait, is SpongeBob a woman? Oh, oh. she's got eyelashes. <laughs> That's different, different conversation. Well, different pick that up, yeah. But I do like how a uh, mystery like gallops everywhere, even though uh, there's no she, hoofs. <laughs> there's no hoofs. Yeah, it's it's a nice like little touch, even with a uh, SpongeBob's little fantasy with like where he's like riding mystery with, with like his hair, glorious hair. Yeah, man, that. Hair, I don't know though. what it is with SpongeBob. Like SpongeBob characters being like, oh man, having hair just makes you so much better. Maybe they got a lot of bald writers and animators who really want hair. 
it's the subconscious thing of yeah, the artist. Exactly. Also, another thing: why does Mystery get to sleep in the bed? That's what I was gonna say. That was one of the, and I think I brought it up before in past episodes. But a little lesson is like, you can't let your pets rule your life like that. Mm-hmm. Like I get like wanting to give them a good life and stuff, but yo, you're the, and not to be like elitist human here, but you are like a superior. But like you're 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 that's your pet, and the same thing with mystery is like what's his pet? So like letting it sleep in the bed, I think fosters a sense of like a kind of wrong, um, I guess what do you say like long wrong leadership? I guess is the partnership there. So yeah, and uh, it also brings up like one of the, a couple of the smaller lessons I had too was uh, that animals like that need proper spaces yeah. to roam and do yeah. everything, and Mister Krabs brings it up too. And then also don't get pets you aren't ready for. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh, Which SpongeBob's my, uh, bad about. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He just decides to have friends. I think he just, he's just friendly. Yeah. He's too friendly sometimes, you know. Um, I also want to bring up that kitty ride thing. So the whole kitty ride thing that he puts the coin inside it's... mystery <laughs> or attempts to. Um. Which the whole explosion thing, which I'll come back to later. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of weird. The whole time I was watching, I was like, this is so weird. And I think I get the joke because, you know, even as a child, I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, they put the coin up its butt. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we put, we as human beings, like artificially inseminate a lot of animals. So there are people who literally put their whole arm inside, like, oh, a that's cow. true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've seen videos like that. And I didn't think about it until I was watching this, and I was like, man, this is so weird. Like, that's a funny joke, though. And then I was like, wait, we as human beings actually do this. We violate animals. <laughs> animals. I don't know. Weird species. It was me we're out. a weird species. We are, we are very <laughs> odd. Another thing that I saw like on Reddit was like, do you think animals get confused because some humans will like straight up kill them and other humans don't? Like, we're very inconsistent predators. They must, right? Like, most of the time, if you see a lion, you're like, that thing's going to kill me. Right. Like, maybe you'll get lucky, and they're like, ah, you're not worth it. But like but most of the time, we, it's like, this is going to kill me. Humans are weird, because they don't think we run on as much extinctual, like, uh, how do you say it? Like, run on instincts as much as other animals do. Like, we do to yeah. some degree. But, like, that must confuse other animals. They're like, why are you doing this to me? I don't understand, like, what's the thought process here? Like, I, I think it's pretty easy for another animal to be like, oh, this is predator. It's going to eat me. Makes sense. Yeah. Right? But then, like, like for instance, like, I feel like this happens a lot with bears. Like, bears, like, get fed by humans, and then they don't get scared by humans, and they're like, oh, humans are friendly, but then they're like, oh, f- you, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, But, like, I don't know. We're confusing. We are. We're very, very confusing. Also, speaking of confusing, those explosions. I and again, I feel bad for Squidward because he was like, "Oh, Squidward, watch out for your karma." He even stopped. He stopped himself from making fun of SpongeBob, and then he just like blew up. Not only did he blow up, but he like tumbled down that hill as violently as possible, and then blew up. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, that's actually another. Oh, that's a small lesson that I got from that was, um. Sometimes, even though you're nice, things don't pan out for you. Yeah. And that's, like, a hard lesson. It's a hard life lesson, you know? Like, not all the lessons on here are, like, happy ones. No. No, but it's true. Life is random. Like, anything can happen to anyone. So, 
It doesn't have to just be karma. It could just be bad luck. And also wear a helmet. I think that's important. I mean, it wouldn't help him from the explosion, but definitely from that fall. Wasn't he wearing a helmet? I think so, but just in general for people. Oh, <laughs> Remember yeah, that, to that wear is... a helmet. Uh, yeah, that's, that is a good, that's a good lesson. One of my favorite things about this episode was that they brought back the time cards because I haven't seen them in a while. It's yeah, been it's a been, while. it has been a while. Yeah, we did three days and then like 12 seconds or whatever later. I was like really appreciative of that. Yeah, because then how else are we going to know the time pass? Yeah, and those are my favorite things about um, looking back on SpongeBob were those time cards. And I think is one of the most meme things about SpongeBob were those time cards. <laughs> how how long do you think you could keep a, a horse hidden in a restaurant <laughs> um, before pro- your boss would notice? Probably all of like 10 seconds. For me, like I have no idea how to do anything with a horse. I've dealt with the horses like maybe five times in my entire life, but yeah. like I have no idea how to do anything with them. Okay, let's say a mini horse, little Sebastian, like a little Sebastian kind of horse. You know, if I tried hard enough, I probably could pull it off for at least an hour. I think. Yeah, I think I could at have, least. Like, yeah. If you were the only person, because like okay, SpongeBob had an ideal situation. He's the only person in the kitchen. Yeah, there's only two other employees. I think I could keep a mini horse at least for half my shift. You can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you just like, well, you can't put it in the walk-in. But I think you could get away with it. You just you hide, hide it, it. Under a tablecloth. Out out yeah. <laughs> or in a cabinet like SpongeBob, that's SpongeBob did. Yeah. You just got to make sure you don't do what SpongeBob did and feed it the food. Because that's what's going to go crazy. Like any animal, you feed them any kind of human food and they're like, yes, this is what that's I a- want now. This is another question I had. Is Are seahorses carnivores? I have no idea what seahorses eat. Why does this happen every episode? I'm going to look this up real quick. Hold, we always want to know like something very specific about like an animal that we have no... We really do need... Like, we need some experts. A, a marine biologist yeah. friend. Because like I was trying to think, like okay, either mystery is going to have like a mad cow situation where it's eating like other animals and it's carnivorous and yeah. it shouldn't be or Krabby Patties are probably vegan. So oh. why would SpongeBob feed a horse meat meat, you know? So seahorses, um, they have like really they have no teeth and they have like a tiny little mouth. So they eat mm-hmm. small prey such as plankton, small fish, small crustaceans, um, such as shrimp and uh copiopods, whatever copiopods. So I guess are. you could say are they are carnivores. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because shrimp would be considered meat, meat, right? Yeah, and plankton, I guess, to some degree. But yeah, so I guess eating the Krabby Patty was like not a big deal. I think whatever else he ate, like the the spatula and the hat and old man Jenkins. Old man Jenkins. <laughs> that's a oh, that's another small lesson I got was some um Lizzie, I have it written down. Advocate for yourself. You aren't a burden if you're being eaten alive. <laughs> Say something. Like, I felt so bad because old man Jenkins like, I didn't want to be a burden. And he's just like, he's just chilling there. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, before we head out, I do want to bring up that Mr. Krabs' entire best friend was a dollar. That's... I, wanna, I cannot let this, ep- this episode go by without bringing that okay, up. Okay, so that moment, I think, brings up a big travesty in our culture is that SpongeBob did not win an Emmy for that moment. That heartfelt <laughs> speech by Mr. Krabs puts tears in everyone's eyes. 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe on, well, I don't know. I also think those onions had sentience. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're working with the conch. <laughs> but no, it was just like the whole fact that, first of all, he spent his best friend. If he, on if he soda. truly thinks someone <laughs> is your best friend, I don't think you can trade them for a soda. No. At least not unless it's a good soda, like a Dr. Pepper. I was going to say Dr. Pepper. Good, good, good. (laughs) Let's on the same page there. Not no freaking root beer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I would trade anyone for a soda. No, I don't think so. Maybe in a post-apocalyptic situation and I hadn't had soda in a long time, like, "Mm," you know, Betsy over there, she real loud. I can't sleep at night. I need this Dr. Pepper so you could take her. (laughs) (laughs) I'll trade you this soda. (laughs) And then when they leave, you'd be like, what a sucker. What a sucker. They don't know what they're getting into. Yeah, so the very, very last thing I want to talk about this episode is probably my, one of my favorite things in SpongeBob. And I say that a lot, but I'm pretty sure this is one of my favorites, is uh, the whole sequence of, and everything that happens to Patrick in this episode when he's trying to build the stable. Like, he has a freaking board nailed to his head. Um, and he's so neutral about it, He's so it neutral. Too. He doesn't, like, and get straight-faced. Do- I do like how the episode bookends. Like we start off with Patrick burying his sweater, and then at the very end, it's like him trying to get into a, a hat shop. Yeah, but my favorite line out of all of this is when SpongeBob is telling Mystery to leave. He's like, "You just get out of here, get out of here." And then Mystery eventually does leave, and then Patrick walks up. He's like, "All right, just get out of here, get out of here, you stupid dumb animal!" And straight faced as possible, Patrick just turns around and walks off. He's like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> I wonder if he finished building the staple, though. We'll never know. Big lesson. Boop, boop, big old lessons. Boop, boop. Um. Kind of excited for this week's big lesson. I really like these two episodes. Again, these are like pretty um, memorable episodes. And I kind of like how some of the stuff they touch on. So I'm curious what you got for your big lesson. So I had a very hard time with a big lesson this uh, this week. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I just didn't feel like they were super related to each other. Okay. But uh, this is what I got. I got sometimes you can't fight your environment. You just got to roll with it. Okay. So the reason I say that is because, okay, act one, they're stuck in the jungle. And that's basically what SpongeBob and Patrick did is they just kind of like, they rolled with it. They they relied on the conch, but they rolled with it. Whereas like Squidward like did everything in his power to fight the situation. Like he created like his own little shelter. He tried to run away. He tried to do anything. He didn't like fully assess his situation and then figure things out. Like, obviously, he's not going to know that a conch shell knows more than he does, but, like, it was very uh, abrasive the way he reacted to his environment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the second act was much more simple. It was, you know, horses don't belong in the kitchen. They belong in in, uh, the wide open seas as a seahorse running around eating flowers and stuff. And, like, you know, Mr. Krabs brought that up. And I think it just shows the entire episode is just, like, you... Sometimes we find ourselves in places, and again, maybe it's just the whole New Orleans trip that I had where I was like, can't really do anything about the storm that's coming, at least not too much, so you kind of just, you got to roll with it. Yeah. You got to play it by ear kind of situation. Yeah, that's what I got. That makes What'd sense. What did you, uh, you get? I got the same exact thing, actually. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you. I did. It was like, sometimes you got to leave the wild alone, like, just let Damn it be. It. But I mean, that's kind of like what these I figured like when you said you had a hard time getting these two episodes together. I mean, I think that's what really you touched on is that 
in both parts there is a lot of talking about like how there is a part of the wilderness or the wild that is probably better to be left alone yeah i got like huge nature vibes from this yeah like, these so, two so, episodes so maybe that's a good lesson is just have a, a good respect for le- nature that's a good one to come up with and i think that's like what you see with um the first part is i think just respecting the surroundings they're in and not trying to like freak out or like whatever uh squidward is even trying to like climb out of that tree and like end up destroying it whatever or the big beanstalk i think it's like better just to respect the surroundings that they're in and then again it's a wild horse or wild seahorse like it's better just (laughs) to let it roam respect it in nature as it is and i think spongebob has a really hard time with that specifically yeah, he he is again. I think SpongeBob just wants to include everybody. Yeah, and it's a detriment sometimes. Some people need their own space, need their own uh, open fields to roam through. Yeah, yeah, flowers to eat. <laughs> yeah, places to go. But yeah, no, I definitely got a lot of nature vibes from this one. That's so. There's a lot of weird coincidence happening. I told you we both went to Bucky's. Maybe this episode just happened to be on in the hotel room. Maybe our Mercury is in the same rising sun signs or whatever (laughs) now you're just speaking nonsense exactly (laughs) all right so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode um if you want to send us anything like suggestions comments we had a lovely email from a listener recently um i don't want to say their names but this person was like 54 years old listen to our podcast and i love them so much for it so we appreciate that thank you it's nice a, a small shout out yeah it's nice to like open the email and see some love every once in a while and especially yeah. like something like that with someone that we don't know because I didn't know this person. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that like it's reaching a wider audience is actually really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Again, uh, if you want to follow us on anything like Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at is mayonnaise a podcast, or uh, for Twitter it's at is mayo a podcast. You can find us online at is mayonnaise podcast dot com. You don't even have to remember. Anything, if you do that. It's just ismainasapodcast.com. You can find all our things there. You can send us an email there and everything. But yeah, but make sure you have to share it with your friends and your enemies and to comment on wherever you get your podcasts, you know, so that we hopefully we can see your wonderful, wonderful comments and hopefully not mean things you say about us. And even if it is mean things, that's okay. We can grow. We can learn. Yeah, we can become stronger. Just be constructive. Don't hurt my Pisces heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Josh informed me that he received a package in the mail today. I did. And uh, you could tell me what it is, Josh, because um, I'm very, very excited for it. So I received my very own magic conch. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. This is actually Special very order. convenient mm-hmm. that it happened at this time that it came and everything, because like, I really don't know how we're going to end this podcast today. I figured then we might as well use it. Let's ask the Magic Conch what we should All do. Right. All right. Magic Conch, what should I say to end the episode? Nothing. The shell has spoken! 